Yeah, oh, that's fun. Man, I, I tell you, I like coming here because I, I, I get taller. Just, just by the way everybody talks about me, it's like, whoa, really? Really? I got I to I tell my friends back home that this is how good I am. Uh, un- unfortunately, uh, uh, it's always nice to have people like Jody and Eric who they, they we always say that you venerate me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like St. Stuart from Cupertino. Uh, you know, I've got this little halo thing going on. And, and uh, but I got to tell you this morning, I, big things like this. Are, can I stand next to it? Am I still in the light? Hey, look at that. Okay. I'm on the, on the, I, okay, as long as I don't wheel it all over. Uh, see, you have no idea what it's like to come here. Because see, you, you are the fulfillment of a vision that God had uh, in me. And when, I, when, when I'm worshiping, I mean, literally, I said it in both worship services to myself, I'm ready to go to heaven. Seriously, because when you see the fruit of the sowing of your life, and this is, doesn't stop here at the adventure, it goes on. There's, you guys have been planting churches, and you're growing this church, and you're bringing more people to Christ all the time. It, it, it's a miracle. But God said, I got to stay and just enjoy the moment. And so that's what I'm going to do. Because you know what? Where, where I am, there's still plenty of lost people, millions of them. And we are who God has chosen to take the truth of Jesus Christ to the world. Not just that. Just, I mean, you, you see superstars like Eric, and I'll talk about that. I'm serious. He is a superstar. I mean, I, I mean, I want to come to your church so I can serve in your church so I can uh, do something and not talk up here. <laughs> uh, I just want to be part of what God is doing because he's doing an amazing thing right here. The adventure is called the adventure because it's supposed to be an adventure. Yeah, two people said that. Now, I, know some, I mean, I, I mean this, this isn't like our, our church is called the Kick It Back Church, Kick It Back California Church. Yeah, watch the pastor run around like a chicken with his head cut off church. But you guys are the adventure church. You're the church that's like, man, let's get on with this thing. This is an adventure, right? Now, some of you, I don't know. I won't pick on anybody. I saw you. You notice I was sitting on the front row this morning, right? Thank you, front row people. You know there's always room on the front row in every church. Now, if you guys went and bought some concert tickets or some, you know, some kind of game tickets, do you, when, when you're choosing your tickets, like, how far can I get from the field? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'd love to see that return of Pink Floyd from the balcony. <laughs> no, you say, man, how close? I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get as close as my, my money can get me. And then you come to church and you're like, hmm. I mean, like, not that God's like on the stage or anything, but I'm telling you, the flame is hotter up here than it is back there. So move it up, everybody. Seriously. Another thing. I, I had a dear friend of mine. See, my, I, I did a stupid thing. Yeah, uh-oh. I sent my best friends out of our church in a number of different places. Sent some to Utah, some to Hawaii. Now, that was actually brilliant. No, not just the Hawaii one, but Utah, because I like to ski, and I like the beach. And so if you've got friends there, and you send them there, then you can go and be on vacation wherever you go, right? And then sometimes they'll even pay you, like, to come, and they're like, hey, talk to them. We'll give you five bucks. And they're like, hey, all right, I'm coming. 
<laughs> but I sent my best friends on purpose. Because you always give your best on purpose. Not that you want to, but because that's what God does for us. He sent his best in Jesus. He could have sent somebody else, Gabriel, some angels, some other stuff. But he said, no. What this requires is my best. And uh, every time I worship, really for the past, since last August, uh, I remember another best friend of mine that we sent to Hawaii, our friends, Ray and Jay, uh, Jane and Ray. <laughs> Ray and Jane, I think I got it. Man, I'm like tearing up. It, you know, I'm leaving, a, a, this is my last session. This is my number five, so I'm leaving it all on the mat today. So I, I, I cried in every service. I know the men, you know, they're like, oh, man, that guy's like a wimp or something. <laughs> but Jesus has so fashioned my heart that I cannot not be connected to the emotion of all that he has accomplished in me. My friend Jane, she died of breast cancer in August after a five-year battle. But I got to watch her worship so many times through that. And it was not hands-in-the-pocket worship. It was not disconnected worship. It was not when's this over worship. She was preparing herself to get into the presence of God for real. And so sometimes I have mornings like, you know, not this morning, but where, you know, I kind of roll in. It's like, yeah, you know, we'll sing some songs. And then I'm reminded... Uh-uh. I'm joining in with her. I'm going for it. And she's with God. And I want to be with God. And I want to do what she's doing right now. And I know it's not easy for us to, you know, this church and Christian thing, sometimes it gets a little confusing. It's really simple. God loves you more than you know. He, from his vision for your life, his purpose is trying to get you guys to understand who you were created to be and then be it. And that's the only message I've got is that he is crazy wild about you, right? So because of that, I don't want to do anything halfway. And the adventure better be the adventure all the way. Now, I I really, I I wrote down this morning because I, I was praying for you guys, I I'm like, man, what am I going to talk about? I got a great sermon. You know, great sermons are only great sermons. There's better sermons. Better, I mean, I, you can podcast like awesome, super awesome dudes that are not me. You can get me too, but it's like, well, I'll listen to some other guy that's super awesome. But the Christian life is about embodying Christ, not hearing about him, not just going, oh, yeah, I know the book. It's about saying, oh, Jesus, live in me, live in me. We're saying, live in me, be in me, take my heart. I want to give you my all. And you guys are in a season where you're in a kind of a crossroads as a church. Because you have just enough probably to keep your lights on and pay the staff mostly. I'll talk about maybe some of that today. But that's maintenance. What God has called you to is the adventure. You know, when I, every time I fly into Salt Lake, uh, of course, well, I, I mean, I hope you guys still see the mountains. You guys still see the mountains? Amen. I mean, sometimes we, we, lose, you know, we lose sight of the things that are right in front of us, right? 
Well, to me, they're like, wow, big mountain. Wow. But when I, anytime I see any mountain, I want to climb it. I mean, it, whether I can or not. I mean, I, I've climbed the Tetons. I've climbed uh, all over. I, I lived outside for two years, and I climbed. I visited every national park in California on purpose to climb mountains. I've been to Yosemite and all that. And when I see that mountain, I'm going, I'm going up that mountain. And I think it's going to take me, I don't know, two hours. <laughs> because, you know, it's only that big. But I know it's not a two-hour walk. But see, sometimes we come to the church like the adventure. We go, man, we're going to climb that mountain. We're going to, you know, I, we just sang that great song, you know, I see revival. I see the thing. But you only really see the full picture when you're up the mountain. Most of us are living in the valley, and we're going, oh, it stinks in the valley, right? Life is hard in the valley, isn't it? You guys live in a valley. I live in a valley. I live in the Silicon Valley. It's not even, it's all plastic and stuff. It's a, I mean, there's nothing real there. I mean, you guys at least have some nature. Um, so when you started your Christian life and when you started being part of this church, you were assigned to an adventure, and the adventure is to get to the top of the mountain, it's not to stop somewhere along the way. Now, again, I've, I've hiked a lot of mountains. You know what happens when you hike a mountain? You get halfway up, and you go, man, the view from here is good enough. <laughs> How many get tired? I'm like an old guy now, man. I know. Somebody asked me, I'm having a birthday in a couple weeks or something. They say, How old are you? I'm like, I don't know. I got to check my license now. <laughs> but I, can't, I don't got my glasses, so I don't know. You know I, I can't see a thing. Right? And so, but even at this age, I, I, I look at that mountain, I go, I, I got that. You know, how many hours do I have? But I get halfway up, and I'm like, oh, no. View's good enough from here. And I want to warn you as a church. I do. I want, I, I'm a nice guy. And then I hang out with Eric, and, and, and he's like, be bold. And I'm like, I'm, I'm bold in a different way. I want you to just hear Jesus. Because he whispers. And he's saying to you, go all the way up the mountain. Because where you are right now is not high enough for you to see all I want to do in and through your life, in and through this church. And you guys are about halfway up the mountain. What got, if, if you could see the view from the top, you'd start running that way. Up, not down. <laughs> Sometimes when you see the view at the top, you go, oh, shoot. But you have to exert a lot of energy to get there. The Christian life is about taking the strength of God in you and walking that way. I'm sorry to say the Christian life is all uphill. It is. And sometimes, if you take on the assignment, it's uphill rolling a boulder. Yeah, okay. You, yeah, you guys have been in the ministry. The rest of you are going, I don't know what he's talking about, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, last time I was in the Tetons, uh, I, I decided, I, I took my, some of my kids, this is probably the last time we were here, maybe five or six years ago. My kids were younger, they, were, they had shorter legs, and I decided I wanted, I saw a mountain, I go, man, we're going up there. And it was a ski resort, but it was in the summer, and, and so I said, well, since we're going up there, we'll, they, they had a ski lift that was running, like, to take people up. And I was like, man, I'm not paying to go up there. I'm walking. Oh, man. That was long and hard, and it got hotter and hotter and hotter. And you know what the problem was? I was taking people with me. My daughter. 
Christina, she's got little legs. And she started complaining right when we left the parking lot. <laughs> and on and on. I'm like, come on, girl. See, it's just like you guys. You're like, oh, man, Eric and Jody got a great vision, man. Well, let's take a walk. You get out of the parking lot like, hey, what's this? It's like, man, they, they, they need this, and they're talking about this, and I'm supposed to do this, and, and we got this thing, and, and we're, we're, we're not going to make it. Oh, yes, you are. But see, a lot of people, they quit at the halfway mark, and they say, this is good enough. I, I, I'm kind of a sociologist. I, I, I've been pastoring now for 25 years. Everybody say, man, you're too young to... I've done that, right? Yeah, I was a child of Angela, six years old, <laughs> preaching it. You guys know. Uh, but I've watched how people grow or don't grow. And after 25 years, I'm convinced that everyone who wants to can get to the mountain, to the top of that mountain. But too many people choose right here. And I want to challenge you guys today, uh-uh, we're not stopping here and going back down. We're going right here, and we're going to say, God has so much more for us to see if we go up that mountain. Yeah, say that to yourselves. Go ahead. Give yourselves a hand. I'm, not, I'm just here. Oh, come on. This ain't no nightclub. Are we doing it or are we doing it? Yeah. Woo. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some passion. That's a halfway up the mountain clap. And if we're, going, we're going all the way up the mountain. Okay, if you've got your Bibles today, I'm actually going to start there. Uh, the first service, I never got to the Bible. You're saying, oh, man, what kind of preacher are you? I'm one that can just keep on talking and talking and talking and talking on. Okay. We're, uh, last week, Jody talked about the parable of the soils. Uh, I was reading past that uh, in preparation for this, and, and I wanted to read you a, another short parable that will kind of explain where I want to go today. Uh, it's in uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 23 to 29, and I'll just read it for you. Uh, no notes if you don't have them. Uh, there it is. It begins, actually, verse 23, I want to put it this way. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. How many have ears? How many ears you got? Can you hear? Do you hear me now? All right. Jesus said this on purpose because a lot of times we don't pay attention to what we hear. And so he goes on and he says, he says, consider carefully what you hear, he commanded. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know why. All by itself, soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts in the sickle because... The harvest has come. What did this guy do? What did he do? He planted some seed. What we are called to do in our lives is plant seed. Every day, every message you hear, 
Every time you hear the Holy Spirit say, ooh, check this out, you're supposed to say, oh, yeah, put that in there. Oh, yeah, put that in there. Oh, yeah, don't be discriminate about it. See, what we try to do with our Christian life, we try to figure out how does it work. <laughs> I love Pastor Eric. He's like the master of how things work. He really does. He, he has the most amazing mind on taking pieces apart, putting them back together and go, okay, this is how it works. But see, there's, there's two worlds that we live in. We live in the kingdom of God and we live in the kingdom of the world at the same time. And you are probably, because we were raised and we're, kinda, we're, we're happier in the kingdom of this world, not, not, I'm not talking about sin and all kind of stuff, not foolishness. I'm just talking about the world we live in that is constantly saying, like Jody taught last week, the riches of this world, the things that are choking you out, right? But we also live in the kingdom of God where everything is upside down, where giving is receiving, where, where you know, no matter what you do, when you lose your life, it's like, whoa, I got it. You know, when Eric and Jody and the, and the team and all these guys came, you know, they're like, uh, I mean, they, they probably thought they were altruistic. It's like, yay, God's gift to Utah. And then they realize, uh-oh, I just gave my life. And for you guys, I want to speak to you. It's hard, isn't it? It not just has its moments. It's grinding on some of you right now. You're going, man, we didn't know what we signed up for. But look around the, lo- the room. Look around the room like I'm looking around the room. If it weren't for you, you guys, many of you, would still be lost. Who would have found you? Who would have gotten to you, right? And so I want to talk about when we, how do we grow in the Lord is you have to cross over to the kingdom stuff. And the kingdom stuff is simple. I mean, Jesus talked in a simple time to a simple people. We're all like, man, Jesus. And he was the smartest person in the world. I want you to know that. Sometimes he wasn't a simple person. But because we're simple, he goes, I better make it simple for you. So I'm going to give you some simple things for you to consider. And it kind of comes out of my own life experience, uh, because I, I'm a simple person. I know you're looking up here and go, man, that guy is so powerfully brilliant. I can just tell by the way he looks. Not true. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll, g- I'll give a little bit of my story. When God found me, I was really nothing. No, I don't mean nothing. I had nothing. I was homeless. I had no direction, literally. I had no money. I was in California trying to figure out my life, find myself. <laughs> Man, I was really lost then, wasn't I? Uh, I was telling the first service, I, I decided that what I'd do is, is I, would, I would go into uh, farming. So I hiked up a mountain in Big Sur, and I took a sack of seed like Johnny Appleseed. But my apples were going to grow a lot faster and be worth a lot more. Yeah, I was a pot farmer. I had a great view from halfway up the mountain of an expansive ocean. It was really an amazing place. And so I'm I'm growing this weed. Uh, I harvest some of it, and I decided to take it to my brother, who's living in Santa Cruz at the time. And I had a VW microbus, which is the official car of a hippie in California, a pot grower. And I was cruising up, and I don't know if you know about Volkswagens. They just break down all the time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so on this particular day, I was like, I got to get this weed up to my brothers, and my car broke down. 
And I'm like, shoot, man. But I managed to put it back together, had some bubble gum, duct tape, got, you know, twisted it back together. And then it broke down again. And I'm like, man, I am being hindered here. You know, God or somebody's messing with me. You know, I don't know who. I, I thought I was on God's side at that time anyway. So I, I, it was the devil. And so I showed up just in time. I got to my brother's house, and I got these four bags of weed, and, and, and I bring them to the living room. We're high-fiving. Yeah, bro, here's the harvest, and we're having fun. All, all of a sudden, knock on the door. Friends. They're like, hey, come on. In. It was the Santa Cruz County Sheriff Department. And they just so happened to be serving my brother a warrant and wanted to check the place out. Yeah, oops. It's like, uh, God, could you think you could have really broken my car for me? Because I would have liked to show up like 20 minutes later and go <laughs> instead of t- 10 minutes before. And so needless to say, I didn't want my brother to go to jail for 10 years for my stuff because he was pending on a different situation. We were, aren't we fine young Americans? I know. And when people look at me, it's like, man, you're such a great Christian, man. You must have grown up in a Christian home and, you know, sowed some great seed from your parents. I'm like, oh, man. But see, my story is, if God can get me, he can get you too. Seriously, I would, I mean, this is, I was bad. Bad, 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 bad. So anyway, I head off to jail. Then I'm really in trouble. Uh, managed to get out. I'm, I'm awaiting trial. I'm like, man, I'm homeless. Now I'm living by the river, living in Felton. You got to understand Felton. Little town, living by the river going, I don't have a life. You think your life is bad? I got no house. I got no money. I got no weed. I, 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 <laughs> I got no job. <laughs> I can't grow anymore. I'm waiting trial. I mean, life is bad at this point, right? And Jesus comes to me. Yeah. Actually, I was crying out at this point and going, hey, maybe there's somebody upstairs trying to get my attention. You ever get that feeling? It's like, hey, how long did it take you to get that guy? Uh, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, I think I need Jesus. And uh, I won't tell you that whole part of the story, but I said I surrendered, which is all you can really do. Do you know that? You know, we're like, oh, yeah, I received Jesus. No, 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 you, you didn't do anything. All you did was surrender to his love and his purposes. And he said, yeah, now I got gotcha. you. Right? Okay, so I surrendered to Jesus. And he said, man, now I'm going to do something with you. And so he actually got me a job. I was awaiting uh, my trial. And I got this great job. Worked at this electric, electronic company called Seagate Electric, Electronics. Uh, they were the first disk drive makers. The drives were like this big, you know, 20 megabytes. And we're like, whoa, wow, these things are incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously, we were, we were impressed. We like, ah, because before it was these gigantic floppies. Like, you know, I'm dating myself. Uh, you know, everybody's got their zip drive with their whole life on it. Uh, anyway, so I got this job, and there was these Christian guys there, and they're like, man, you need Jesus. And I said, man, I do need Jesus. And they led me to Christ, and then they took me under their wing like all of us should do with those that need Jesus, right? Right? Because I'll tell you, I tried to find Jesus before, but I went into places where I was invisible. Make sure no one in this church is invisible. Seriously. 
Everyone you see is a person that Jesus died for. And you might go, man, there's some of the beautiful people that are all looking good, and they drove in a nice lease car, and they must have it all together. Make sure you don't miss those people because they need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. I hate being invisible, but I see it all the time. You know, our own church sometimes, somebody will come in, visitor to the church, everybody else is having their little coffee class. Hey, bro, it's all catching up. They're going, man, I don't even know where I am. What's happening here? Oh, no, they're Christians and everything. I'm not even a Christian. What do I do? You know what that means? You know. Anybody been there? Yeah. That was me. Don't let that happen to the adventure. Every single person. God is calling them. He's calling them into the doors. There is no, there, there is no coincidence in why every single person is here today. There's no coincidence in my car broke down couple times on the way for me to get arrested. You know, in fact, after first service, I shared that story. And my son, who we adopted, I, I, I don't say that because we adopted him because that's a, a, some kind of good thing. He's truly my son. But because of the timing of his adoption, if my car had not broken down right there, then I wouldn't have my son. And his life would be completely different. So... Be aware that sometimes when things are breaking around your life, it's all right. God's doing something else. He's working it out. Go with it. Go with it. He has a much bigger plan than you can imagine. Okay, two kingdoms, two things. So anyway, now I'm a Christian. Now I'm amazing. <laughs> right? I mean, like all you, it's like, hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I, I didn't feel that way. I felt really small. But Jesus filled me with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to go do big things for God. And, and I figured the, the first thing I should do is probably preach, right? <laughs> and, and I did. I mean, I, it wasn't the first thing I did, but I told all my friends, you know, and they all like, ooh, guy's weird. Okay, we're moving along, move, move away from him. And, and then since I didn't have any friends, I, 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 somewhere along the line, I, I thought you should just preach to everybody. And so I'd go downtown. I'd stand up on stuff and go, hey, everybody, I found Jesus. You need Jesus. I remember one time there was these guys waiting uh, in line for, to buy tickets for Bruce Springsteen. And I'm like, oh, man, what a great opportunity. And so, you know, they're stuck there waiting for the place to open, you know, camping out all night. And I'm like, hey, look at all these people. So I stand up and I go, hey, let me tell you about the boss. And they're all like, the boss. Yeah, hey, man, this guy's talking about it. I said, Jesus, he's the boss. And all of a sudden that angry mob coming. They lost their place. They've been there all night camping out. They were running after me. Uh, it's true. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help tell people about Jesus because he changed my life. I, you know, and because he changed my life, I don't want to just go halfway and go, hey, all right, this is good enough. I want to go all the way. So anyway, yeah, everybody going all the way? Okay. My point, if you don't get it through all this, because you know I ramble on, is I want you to climb the mountain all the way. Okay. So I go to church. Daniel Brown's church, the church planted our church, we pre-planted you. He came out of another church. Eric explained all that. We have a great lineage. We're all locked in together, and we still are. We're still part of a big family, a four-square family, and we are rooting for each other, praying for each other, and getting on with it. So I go there, and um, now that I've been Christian an entire year, uh, I'm like, I should be preaching or doing something, at least teaching people. Because, you know, after a year, you do know everything. (laughs) Don't you? I mean, if you've been under, under Eric's ministry for, you know, 25 minutes, you're, you're probably ready to, you know, plant a church, you know? 
So anyway, I went to my pastor, and I'm like, I, I, I was a new church, kind of like you, came in. I'm like, but I'm good. And so I, I'm shaking his hand, and while I'm doing that, I'm saying, you know, I'd really like to get involved here. Like, you know, you want to take a week off, and I'll preach? <laughs> and, and he just, he, he didn't even say anything. He was kind of like Jesus. He looked at me, ah, good to meet you. And he backed up. <laughs> and he went over to a cord, and he grabbed it, and he handed it to me. And he said, could you wrap this up and take it over there? Yeah, sure, I guess so. And there's some more stuff to do around here, too. I'm like, hey, hold on a second. I think I'm getting duped into something. <laughs> hey, this is one I signed up for. I thought I was preaching next week. No, guess what I was doing next week? Set up and tear down. That's right, because that's what Christians do, right? He taught me to serve. When that word got planted in my life, I didn't know well enough and alone to say no, right? I mean, some people, they say, hey, can you help around? No. You know, can you, can you do that? No. Now, you don't say it because you're Christians and you're nice people. And so you just say, hmm, I am not feeling like the Lord is leading me in this way. <laughs> Get that out of your vocabulary. The Lord is leading you. If it's something you don't want to do, probably God. Okay? If it's like, uh. so anyway, I, you know, after, you know, a few months on the setup teardown team, I said, man, I am now ready to preach. And so uh, I went to the pastor again. I said, man, I'm ready to preach. He goes, man, I think you're ready. See? Because I must have been awesome. He goes, man, you, I, I heard you talking to yourself when you're putting those cords together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on my meds. It's okay. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, go easy on myself. Um, so he said, I, I've got a group of people I'd really like you to, to minister to, to teach. And I said, who's that? He says, the babies. <laughs> the babies? Now, you've got to realize that this was a growing church, kind of like your church, man. I'm sure, how many babies do you think you got in this church? I mean, this is Utah. I mean, come on, babies is where it's at, right? And you're all sitting here laughing at me and going, man, we love it here. And those babies are back there pooping their diaper. And you're going, man, I hope somebody's changing those diapers. Because I'm in here laughing and having a good old time. But those kids are pooping back there. And so the pastor goes, man, go teach these babies. It's like, they're not understanding me. Well, just, just what, what do you do to people that don't understand about Jesus? You hug them, and you pray for them, and you change their diapers anyway, right? So I learned to change diapers. You know, I went from green diapers, then I was promoted to the yellow diapers, and then to brown diapers, and that is why I'm here today. See, ministry is so glorious. Everybody ought ought to get in on it. But seriously, those kids have grown up to become men and women of God. And if there wasn't somebody that wasn't sitting there listening to the great preacher, and I had a better preacher than I am for sure, helping those kids get along, then that wouldn't have gotten accomplished. That's what the adventure is about. It takes all of us to do everything to get the job done. Okay, then I was promoted. Aren't you glad? Like, oh, man. But, you know, I didn't want to leave the babies. I still will do babies today, right? I don't have any problem with babies. I love babies. 
In fact, now I really love babies. I'm getting old. I <laughs> love babies. Anyway, uh, so they said, now you're ready to teach. And so they put me with a five-year-old. <laughs> now, five-year-olds are super awesome, right? Because they're, like, inquisitive, and they're happy, and well, sometimes. Uh, and they don't have diapers, most of them. <laughs> if your kid's not potty trained by five, um, anyway. Uh, so, so they put me with the five-year-olds. And now five-year-olds are deep theologically, you know, they're always thinking about all the great deep things of God. Right, aren't they? They've got the great, great questions. But all I knew how to teach them was, Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves you. It's the same story I learned there that I'm going to try to get to you. When you come to worship, do you think God, you know, high and holy God lifted up, angry, unhappy. Uh, when you come to God and worship, he's going, <laughs> You're all looking at me like, you got to be kidding. That's not the God I serve. Well, I don't believe in the God you don't believe in, and I don't believe in the God you do believe in. I believe in the God of the Bible who says that he delights in me. He's singing a song before I get here. He's singing over me and going, I love this one. Oh, and this one. Oh, and this one. And this one. And this one. Right? If your view of God is that, man, I got to get away from that one, or he's got the baseball, you know, wrong God. There's some other God. Let the real God come to you. Which brings me to my second point. First thing I learned was I should serve. I should give my life of service to any place. Now, you guys do a lot of gift ministry and, and the, you know, how God has made us and all that kind of stuff, and I love all that stuff. I'm probably in my zone. <laughs> or maybe I should be doing overheads. I don't know. <laughs> One of the, I always love those old spiritual gift tests. It's like, okay, now that you filled this out, yep, looks like you can be an usher or overheads. Oh, or janitor. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was like, shoot, I wanted to be the pastor. There are no limitations on you. Look at me. Right. Ain't much. It's all I got. But all you have is all God needs. Right? You guys could, you know, I said first service, I said, some of you are looking and you're going, man, I could preach better than that. You can. I preach like this on purpose so that people go, I can do better than that. And then I go, you should. So I want to raise you up to start a church so that you can do better than me. I mean, look at Eric. He was a nobody when I met him. A real nobody. I mean, a nobody's nobody. I, I, I mean, I, I remember after he got at his problems, his first job, he doesn't like to refer to it, but he, he was pulling weeds. Pulling weeds. Probably minimum wage, but he probably negotiated better than that, but he's probably getting seven bucks an hour back then right? Minimum. Yeah, whatever that was, right? He was a nobody, like me. And I go, look, another nobody. Come with me. Let's see what God can do. So if you're feeling like, oh, I don't got the gifts, I don't got the things, just start picking up stuff. Start changing diapers. You know, ask Pastor Ira any day, is there anything we could do here? You think there's something that could be done here? Anything, huh? I know a lot of you, I know, it's a miracle. The chairs got set up. It's a miracle. This place was clean when I walked in. It's a miracle. They're doing the cafe. It's a miracle. It's not a miracle. 
Somebody said, I'm moving forward. If you haven't moved forward yet, you're next. Okay? If you want to go up the mountain. If you want to stay here and go, "Eh, as good as it gets. There's a lot of churches for you. What? Jody and I always joke, Wellington Boone used to say, I don't preach to come back. (laughs) But see, this is a church on the move. This is a church that's going to the top. And if you stop halfway, you're going to be dragging people or saying, hey, you know, they're moving up past you. Hey, man, the view's good from here. We don't need that in this church. The view isn't good from, I mean, it's good from here, but it's not good enough. Because where we're going is up top, right? So if you've stopped halfway, evaluate what Jesus is saying to you and move forward, all right? I know what he's saying to you. Go pick up the cord is what he's saying to you, all right? Everyone, nobody's exempt if you want to get to the top. Okay, so two things I talked about there. I talked about serving. Is that all I talked about? You got to realize I'm not that good. Let me see what I got here. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. That's not even my notes. (laughs) That was a love letter I wrote uh, to my wife. Okay, uh, so serve where it's needed. Oh, I, I put down here. You know, something that I learned right away was somebody said, okay, now that you're a Christian, you should actually spend time with Jesus. I know it's a new concept. Now, come on, I, I ask you guys, have you ever heard in church that, man, you should spend some time with Jesus every day? Any, ever hear that in church? Anything? You know, I know, I know some of you guys are going to the guilt zone right now. There is no guilt here. You know, the grace of God, you weren't good when you, before you got here, you weren't good here, and you're not going to be that good when you go there, when, right? But what God does in you is what's good. And God longs to be with you. And the only way for you to be, get to the top of the mountain is you've got to spend a little time with the Lord, right? Now, I don't mean doing time with the Lord. I'm saying spending time. You know, some people say, you know, we, we used to have all these journal programs and check-off lists and, you know, ever, ever try to read through the Bible in a year? Oh, that's a, a lesson in futility. Uh, it's like, you know, by, by the 5th of January, you're four days behind. You're like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> you know. But you just check it off anyway in case somebody at church that falls out, you know, your bookmark. Hey, I'm on it, man, I'm on it. It's been spending time in the Word. That's what I do, you know. But I do recommend reading your Bible, cover to cover. You know, I didn't know enough to not to do that. When, when, I, when I first became a Christian, somebody gave me a Bible, and they said, read it. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I started at the beginning, sat every day, read right through it. I'm like, wow, that's a really cool book. It's got a lot of cool stuff in it. I mean, there's some really wild stories in here. Uh, I don't have time to tell them all to you, but if I did, you'd have fun. So, but not just spending time with the Bible. Spending time with Daddy. In the morning when I wake up, I, my aim, I say, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Dad. Dad says, hey, good morning. I've been up all night. <laughs> Taking care of business for you because you've got quite a day ahead of you. And I say, oh, it's going to be one of those days, huh? Then I grab a cup of coffee. This is going to be one of those days. And I sit down, and I just sit there. And I say, Lord, what's up? And he goes, before you try making up all your plans and you got all this stuff going and you're trying to resolve all the conflicts you're going to have today, just sit here and be loved by me. When I talk about spending time with the Lord, I talk about you being loved on. You're not trying to get to God. God already got to you. Christianity is a a weird 
it's the only religion that I could possibly be involved in because it's not about me trying to get to God. I tried that. Got halfway up the mountain and got smacked in the head, rolled down, right? Jesus came to us and he said, man, I want to be part of your life. And he does that every day. And the way for us to, to grow, get all the way up the mountain, just be with him. Try it. This week, spend 15 minutes every day. I don't care, morning, night, noon. Go to your car, block it out. Take your Bible, don't take your Bible. It doesn't matter. If you will consistently do that on a daily basis or almost every day, because I know some of you are like, oh, you're all work. You, you guys all do works, don't you? Don't you want to be the best, you know? How many work out here? Okay. How many don't work out? I saw some people not working out. <laughs> saw some people working out. I was kind of amazed. I saw a friend I hadn't seen in years, and I'm like, dude, he's all fit and thin and everything. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, you know? Uh, but see, I, I, I work out. <laughs> you can't tell. I know. You're like, oh, great. You know, that's how much it's is, 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 is working for me. Uh, but I'm, I'm one of these guys that, that in my mind, I want the hardest workout. But my body says no. I've done P90X. Extreme. I've done, I, I mean, if, if, if my wife's seen it on TV commercial, we own it. <laughs> you know? Seriously, we, you know, we, we got Tony Horn, we got Debbie Siebers, we got, uh, you name it. I mean, we got Spartacus, we got uh, Insanity, we've got, and we got, you know, Insulting Abs. Out, so, I mean, I, we, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's Insanity. So I to see if you guys are still listening. And, and I always start those workouts. I run a few days a week, just kind of. You know, I always say, man, I got to get a run. got to keep the fat man back. got to keep the fat man back. got to keep the fat man back. Don't let the fat man win. And I'm like, oh, no, fat man's winning. <laughs> fat man's winning. Oh, no. You know, so that's, that's, that's how I get myself to get out the door. So, so I put in the disc, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to work insanity today. It's insane. I'm insane. Right, kids? You see me in there, <laughs> dying. And I start the workout, warm up. You know, it's like, you know, halfway through the warm-up, I think I'm done. <laughs> you know, how many calories was that? Ten. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess I'll have to eat less. But you know, I never do. <laughs> never. And that is the rest of the story. So why am I saying all this? I have no idea. Um, there, was a, there was a point. You can tell I don't, you know, it's all unscripted stuff here. Uh, anyway, I, I can't find myself. Yeah, but I'm spending time with Jesus. It's by the grace of God that anything gets done, including my workouts. Now I go, and I say, man, I'm doing insanity. And I say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. Help me get through this. And then I turn it on. And then I do the warm-up, and I go, man, I'm feeling good now. And then I do, then I stop it, rest half an hour, watch a show or two. <laughs> no, no, I do. I, I, I said I've actually been doing Insanity for about three months, uh, and I've only finished the tape going through one full time. I keep stopping and going, but here's the point. Sometimes you have to stop. It's okay. What God's doing in your life, it's okay to stop once in a while and go, man, I'm not at it at 100%, to rest so that you can catch your breath so you can finish the tape. Go up the hill. Spend time with Jesus. Here we go. Second to last point. Are we still on time? What kind of time do we get? All day? 
Oh, okay, man. Okay, I got three more sermons. <laughs> Excuse me. So let me talk about, one, you know, this is a pastor's dream. Your pastors didn't put me up to this. I want to talk about giving. You're like, oh, great. I knew that guy was coming. You know, the average Christian in America, like, like 90% of evangelical Christians in America give less than $500 a year. Say what? Are you sure you got the facts on that right? Yes, I do. Why do you think the ministries of God are not moving forward? Because the people of God haven't figured out yet that giving extravagantly is the path to moving the kingdom forward extravagantly. Now, some of you are sitting here and you're going, man, he's probably got an ulterior motive. I have no ulterior motive. I don't, you know, I, we stopped passing baskets years ago. I figured givers give and people who don't give don't give. So if I don't pass the basket, I'm going to just teach you how to give. Let me teach you how to give. The Bible is very clear from Genesis. Before the law, and people go, oh, that's the law, or I was involved with another group, and they wanted this and that. Okay. You had nothing. Now you have something. God says, man, I want you to understand that living by faith means getting out of your comfort zone. Right? So God says, Every time you make some money and anytime you get something, I just I, I want you to give at least 10%. Now, if you're just a 10%, you're a Christian, you're like, man, I'm a good, dutiful Christian, I give 10%. What a lame thing. We're not supposed to give, you know, if you've been a Christian more than a couple of years, you, then you ramp it up. 11%, 12%, 15%, 20%. You're like, what? Are you kidding? That's not the law. <laughs> yeah, we're not living by the law. We're living by extravagance. We're living about getting up to the mountain, and we're not going to do it halfway. Or by, okay, what's the minimal I have to do? The minimal you have to do is nothing because Jesus paid it all, right? I mean, come on. You don't have to do anything. You get to. You get to spend time with God. You get to give. You get to serve. You get to. You don't have to do anything. But don't you want to be the person at the end of your life you're not really there, but everybody's gathered around, and they're going, man, they went halfway. They were awesome. You get on your tombstone. Yeah, he went halfway. Yeah, he was a Christian, but a halfway Christian. That's what we're called to. We're talking about the whole thing. We get to go up the mountain. He's invited us up the mountain. Let's go. So let's talk about giving for a minute. Here you go, man, go to that last point. Giving is hard to do on purpose. Because something spiritual happens every time we give. Jesus taught us that there's two masters you can serve. One master is him, and the other master is mammon, or the spirit of money. And one of the ways to keep that spirit of money who is always talking to you, isn't he? He's always saying, you don't have enough. You'll never have enough. You'll never retire. You'll never get your kids in college. You'll never get that car. You'll never get your... Right? Is he saying that to you? Right? So what do you have to do? Oh, man, I got to keep this. I can't give that. If I give that, then I'll never have anything. When I got saved, I was homeless. Yeah. Now I got two cars, no payments. Got a house, barely a payment. I got a wife. Well, she cost me a lot. Uh, <laughs> I got four kids. 
They cost me a lot too. I mean, I had nothing. I learned that when you have nothing, it's easy to give. But then as they started getting paid and making some money, you're like, man, this is like real money. I get the end of your statement. I'm like, hey, why am I driving a 10-year-old car and giving to the church? I don't say that. I said, man, oh, man, I am thrilled to drive this beautiful car because I don't need a car. That car is going to burn up. But what I invest in the kingdom of God will last forever. And while the spirit of mammon is saying, really, you're going to drive that junker all this time? I'm not playing on forever. But that's what it does. And so every time we're, we're given an invitation to give the first fruits and an offering, I want to break that thing. You know, anytime a, pa- a, a basket goes by, even if I've tithed, you know, you can tithe online. You can, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff. Um, but when the basket comes by, put something in it. If you're at the counter at 7-Eleven, it says, hey, there's hurting people here. Throw some money in there. You know, you know, because we're givers. Why are we givers? Because Jesus is a giver. Do you notice that? He like gave his. Yeah, life. Yeah. I mean, so do we want to be like Jesus? Okay. Give it all. Okay. I'm going to wrap with this. You guys getting anything out of this? Are you mad at me? No. Because some of you are going, yeah, I like what you say, but I'm not going to do it. I'm expecting everybody here to give at least 10% of everything you earn to the kingdom of God. I'd like you to give it to this church, but I do not care. You have to get it away from your body. You have to. I do believe you should give to your local church, but it doesn't matter. At our church, I, I, I do a money-back guarantee. I do. It's part of my giving spiel. I'm like, if you give here for a year, you give 10%. Because the Bible says test God in this. You want to you, you test God? I don't really want to, but I'm going to try this one. So, so you say, well, you know, I don't, I don't tithe. I can't afford to tithe. That's always my favorite excuse. Can't afford to tithe. I have never met a person who could afford to tithe. But everybody who does tithe says, hey, I can afford to tithe. It's not about that. Anyway, so here's my money-back guarantee. As I say, man, at the end of the year, if you feel you're worse off because you gave 10% at least and some offerings uh, of your money to God's kingdom, that you're worse off, I will give it all back to you. Never had anybody take it up. You know why? Because as soon as you start doing it, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, money, things, blessings, better everything. It's like, whoa, I got to get rid of some more of this stuff and more of this stuff and more of this stuff. And it's true. Every time I get paid now, I'm thinking, how do I get rid of some of this? You know, uh, on purpose. You know, and even it, it costs me just like you, right? So I'm declaring today. Some of you are not tithing. <laughs> you know who you are. And you're going, I can't afford to tithe, and I wish this guy wouldn't be talking about this, and I, I hope it's not biblical. Search it out. <laughs> today, begin the process, <coughs> excuse me, of giving 10% of everything you earn. And at the end of this year, if you do not, have a better life, if you cannot see all the full blessings, financially and other ways, I, I'm not saying God's going to, you might just be 10% short on everything. Seriously. God, there's not a reciprocal thing. What, what happens is God says, oh, watch this. 
you're going to go up the mountain with power. Right? I'd rather have that. So at the end of this year, what day is it? May 19th. Okay, one year from today. If you don't have a better life because you decided today you want to start tithing, Eric will give you your money back. <laughs> okay, we didn't make this agreement. <laughs> All right, hallelujah. Test God. Because what God wants to do, for you guys to fully get all the way up the mountain, we can't just have some people paying the way. You know, to get up this mountain, it takes everybody. Why should other people pay for your stuff? Right? There's no free ride. Last time I checked. Okay. Somebody's saying, get off the stage. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Last but not least. I was taught to give first thing. Um, see, I, I didn't know enough. When I became a Christian, I figured Jesus saved me right. and, and that I wanted to do whatever he wanted me to do. So I, I, you know, somebody said, well, you should give 10% of everything. It's like, well, that's easy. That's all he wants? Okay, that's a deal, uh, right? You know, they said you should serve. I was like, no, I'm in, right? It, they, so the last thing they said is you should forgive everyone. Oh, now we're talking about stuff. Some of your... You're seeking God for his wisdom and direction. Oh, God, show me the way. Oh, God, show me the way. Oh, God, show me the way. And he whispers to you and says, hey, when are you going to forgive this person? And right now, they're in your mind. You know, why? you know who they are? They're the ones that you're having conversations with during the week in your head. Yeah, well, if he says this, I'm going to say this. Yeah, I got a better argument than that. That's the person. Or maybe it's somebody, I don't speak to them anymore. May God bless them. Or not. Every one of us, unless you live and clean, like I am right now for a minute. I love you all. <laughs> Later I'll forgive you. Um, usually has someone in their life. And someone close that you know the Lord's been working on you to set them free. And not just to set them free, but to set you free. Because that's what Jesus did for you, right? He forgave you of what? How many sins? Are you sure? Yeah? How about the ones you're going to do today? The ones you're doing tomorrow? Not intentionally, but does he forgive them? Absolutely. And do you think that you want to be like Jesus today? then we actually get to release people like Jesus did. Because of the great debt that God has granted on us, he's saying that we can now pass that to other people. And so this is what I want to do today. I talked about four things. There's people, I, I talked about service. You want to rise to the top of the mountain, you got to serve. And I don't mean you got to serve, you get to serve. Some of you aren't serving. There's babies with dirty diapers everywhere. There's cords to clean up. There's carpets to vacuum. There's things to do. If you're not serving in some capacity that, well, you know, I'm talking to you. And you're saying, today the day I want to make a commitment to go up the mountain. I'm going to go talk to Pastor Ira or some other staff member. I want you to stand up and say, yeah, you're talking to me. Go ahead, stand up. All right, there's one. Brave souls, brave souls, brave souls. All right. Okay, now say, no, no, don't sit down. 
Oh, great, I got you. This is, this, this is how it starts. It's the Power 90X thing. Uh, <laughs> starts with those squats. Second group of people. Uh, Pastor Eric says, man, spend time with Jesus. Jody says, spend time with Jesus. Because we know that our only life we have is with him. And you know, man, God, every morning I wake up, I go, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to meet with him. And today, May 19th, you say, now today's the day I want to start up the mountain. I'm halfway, but I want to go all the way up. And you know that you need to spend time with Jesus on a daily basis. You haven't been doing it. Go ahead and stand up. There's no shame or guilt here. I'm standing already. Got all four of them. Okay. Number three, now that you're all standing, I'll just assume number three, you have not been giving your tithes and offerings. You've been trying to let mammon do its work. You'll never have enough if you're on that side of the fence. But if you want to have more than enough, say, Lord, 100% of my life is yours. All of my money is really yours, but let me invest in your kingdom where moth and rust does not destroy. Let me give it to you. So if you're in that camp and you're not already standing, let's go ahead. Today's the day all the way up the mountain. Who are you? Go ahead, stand up. All right, there's one. I'm assuming all the rest are standing. There's two. It was a husband-wife team. They're going, hey, you know. It's like, shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, last but not least, is there anyone here who does not, has not forgiven someone in your life? And you know who they are because as I'm saying, as I'm saying that, you're going, oh, shoot, that person. I'm going to have to forgive them and bless them. If you're here today and you need to forgive somebody, Stand up. All right. So if you're still sitting, that means you're either Jesus <laughs> or, or you're holding a baby on you. <laughs> Wrap it up. Okay, got it. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you call us all the way up the mountain. And we don't want to stop halfway, and all of us are standing because we're saying to you, we're not saying to me, I'm not even going to be here next week. But we're standing before you today as an act of worship saying, Lord, we have not risen all the way, but today is the day we're choosing to rise here. And you'll meet us with your power. You'll meet us with your presence. You'll meet us with our grace. In Jesus' name.